Hey, welcome back to the Indiana Bible College podcast, where today we're going to visit chapel service. Chapel services are an integral part of the threefold chords at IBC, spiritual, academic, and social. And chapel fills a vital role in the spiritual development of students at Indiana Bible College. So let's tune in and hear Brother Justin Young preaching a message entitled, A Figure for the Time. God, all the glory to God. It's, it's wonderful to be here today and get all set up here quick. It's a little bit bigger than I what I thought it was. It's always from down there, it's much more smaller. It's like, whoa, you get up here, you get all this space. So let's see. Get this pulled up. So I would just like to give honor to our wonderful body, student body council for giving me this opportunity to be up here and, you know, to be used of God and to be able to preach the word. And I just, I'm glad that Brother Galleon's here. Ah, terrific man of God. I'm so thankful for his faithfulness to the word of God and everyone that has come here before. I mean, this is not just a pulpit. This is a place that many people here before have been been in your position and in my position and, you know, their position, and they have spoken, and God has spoken through them, and I'm just thankful for that. I, I never planned on really being at Bible college when I was younger. I mean, it didn't, you know, me and my sister. My sister graduated last year, and we always thought, you know, ah, Bible college, I mean, sounds good, but, I mean, you can always just get the word at home. You can get as much as you can, but Bible college is a terrific thing, and it has, I, my mind has tremendously changed by, like, my high school, my first year, freshman year, my sister started coming, and she told me about Connect, and from Connect, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go check it out, you know, that's what you do in high school, you try to figure out where you're going to go afterward, so I came to Connect, and just, the, like, the classes, and specifically the the t- professors, you know, Brother Galleon, Brother Anderson, he had an impact on my life, just how kind they were, their, the teachings, the classes they taught, Brother Kilman, it's just awesome, and it impressed me, and it helped God to impress on my life to come here and to be a part of this so I could grow and that his will could be done in my life and our lives. Amen. So I would just like to turn to Hebrews verse 9. chapter 9, verse 9. Sorry about that. Chapter 9, verse 9. And we're going to be studying a little about some of the offerings in Leviticus and, you know, go over a little bit of the types. And the types are, if you never studied about the types, they're really awesome. You know, they paint a beautiful picture of the salvation that God has given us, the, the types of Calvary, the types of the resurrection, all sorts of them, you know. You just, I mean, if you haven't studied about the types in the Old Testament, 
you need to because it helps you connect with the Old Testament. It helps you understand what maybe the apostles and the disciples and, you know, what they thought and Jesus and what he's talking about in the New Testament. So Hebrews 9 verse 9 says, which was a figure for the time then present. And that's what some of these, these offerings that were about. They were a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. You all may be seated now. So we got to go to... first part in Leviticus I'm going to be reading and it says and he brought the bullock for the sin offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering and we see that this was indeed this is where the tabernacle was first built and God has given the instruction for Moses to bring the Aaron and his priests to the tabernacle and Start the offerings, and the first offering that we see was the sin offering, which is different because if you go from the first chapter of Leviticus, you have it starts with the burnt offering. But the way we always come through through God, through you know, like in the type that we come through God is we come first asking for forgiveness for our sins. So that's what the the priests had to do. They had to come through and give the sin offering before they could do any of the other offerings. So the first was a sin offering. And when they, it says they laid hands upon the bullock, Aaron and his sons. And this laying on of hands represented their sin moving from the bullock to it, which is representation of our sins moving from us to Christ. Christ in this picture is the bullock. Then Moses repeatedly after that, and he said, and he slew it, and Moses took the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. So he put it on the, the horns of the altar round about. Horns of the altar round about with his finger and purified the altar. Purified the altar and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. And this is much like with our lives when we first come to Christ. We, the blood, when it's applied to our lives, it purifies us, it sanctifies us, and it reconciles us to God. We also see the word purified can also be translated to sin. So the word purified can be translated to sin. So in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God of God in him. So by, you know, his, the, the purification of our sin can be purified. Our sin can be purified by the one who became sin. And I'm thankful for that. So we know that in Hebrews 9.22 it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. There's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And I am thankful to God that by his blood we are forgiven. And we know that our sins have been washed away. So like the priests, when they laid their hands on that, 
offering, and their sin was moved to them, and it was shed. That blood covered their sins. Back then, it rolled it forward, but today, we know the blood of Jesus Christ covers our sins. So, we can't forget our first love. That's another important point I would like to make is that, and knowing that, you know, it, it's often that maybe we can get busy with our lives and, you know, just like this next week and this week have been busy for me and probably going to be busy for most of you with, you know, midterms coming around. And we can kind of get caught up with everything and with the moving of life and we can kind of forget that what Christ has done for us, that if we weren't, if it wasn't for Christ shedding of his blood, Jesus' blood, we would not be where we are today. We would not be here. We would be somewhere else. We wouldn't be on the path of holiness. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't be even close to it. We would be as far as the east is from the west, from holiness and righteousness and from God. We would be lost. So Revelations 2.4 says, Nevertheless, I have sought somewhat against thee, because thou hast loved thy first, thou hast left thy first love. We don't want to do that. We want to remember Christ. We want every day we should wake up. I wake up and I pray, Lord, have your will be done in me. Help me not to turn back to, help me to walk in the spirit that I may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I want to give you glory and give you honor because our body is a living temple of God. We, God is living inside us and we want his will to be done in our lives. So we see next then. He takes, and it says, and he took all the fat that was upon the inwards and the call, a call above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat, and Moses burnt it upon the altar. So this represents, where is that? Yeah, he burned it. So Christ's death, when they burned it on, upon the altar, this was representing Christ's death was an odor of sweet Savior to God. So the one part was burnt on the altar. And the other part was burnt outside the camp. And we see the death of Christ and the, the part that was burnt outside the camp was representing the death of Christ under the wrath of God for the account of sin. Then it moves on to the burnt offering. And he says, and he brought the ram for the burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And the burnt offering is typical of Christ, perfectly accomplishing the will of God. It was, you know, uh, the burnt offering, the ram was, after it was slain, they would take it and they would put it on the altar and they would burn it. And it was the burnt offering is typical of Christ perfectly accomplishing the will of God. In the burnt offering, God views the sinner in Christ as justified or as n has not sinned. And then, and he brought the, and he washed the inwards and the legs in water, and Moses burnt the whole ram upon the altar. It was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savior and an offering made by fire unto the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. So every portion of the lamb the, came under the eye of Moses, the head, the seat of intellect, the inwards, the seat of the will and affections, the legs, the token of the outward walk and conduct. The type here is of the unblemished ways and purity of Christ. And we see in, like, 1 John 3, 5, it says, In him is no sin. 
in 2 Corinthians 5.21, he knew no sin. In 1 Peter 2.22, he did no sin. He, if you look at it, the first offering, the sin offering, is his forgiveness for us. And then the second offering, the burnt offering, is his acceptance for us through Christ. So, then it goes on to the ram of consecration. And he brought the other ram, the ram of consecration, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And he slew it, and Moses took of the blood of it and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. So we see that this is the consecration of the priests. The right hand... um, Oh, there it is. Blood upon the ear. It says our ears have been consecrated to God. By the blood upon the thumb, our right hand, or the right hand, not the left hand, <laughs> it, our works, that is representing the power. The right hand is usually the representation, the expressive power. It says you're the right hand of God or the right side of God. That is the expressing of power. So that our works of our hands would glorify God. And the blood on the toe, they were not to walk where the blood, the priests were not to walk where the blood would not allow them. So they wouldn't go to bars. They wouldn't go outside and, you know, they couldn't walk into, what is it, the houses that had leprosy and everything like that. They were supposed to walk in the way of the Lord. Their duty was, their days were supposed to be lived out in the temple, going from, you know, the altar to the holy place. And then into the Holy of Holies. So we are supposed to. In Isaiah 35, 8, it says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. So we are supposed to walk in the way of holiness. In conclusion, I would just like to go over first, Corinthians 6, 19, 20 through 20. It says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Our body is Christ. And we see through the offering, the sin offering, the burn offering, and the ram of consecration. We were bought with the price. He has justified us and filled us with his spirit and that we are consecrated unto him. So we are like these priests. We have been saved by his blood, justified with Christ, and consecrated unto him. Thank you.